0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Delighted to see you here tonight. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad to have you. I've got to watch my Bible. go. Uh, if you need a Bible, get your hand up real high, and then we'll go to the book of Genesis chapter 8. Genesis in my Bible is sometimes kind of like my hair. It's trying to come out. Um, welcome all of you. just a little thought there a little god thought for you i used to say this i don't care what color it is just don't turn loose so that may be prophetic for some of you also tonight uh welcome all of you again our ushers will bless you and get the word of god in your hand uh go with me like i said to genesis 8 man I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight i believe it's going to be a good night i believe god's going to speak to our hearts and be some things that the Word of God will deposit within every one of us. You know, the Lord said there in John 8, 32, only the truth will set us free. So I believe that's going to take place today. And I know many of you here, you've had prayer requests for healing. We've been praying healing over you. I know some of you experienced the loss of family members. Playing God to heal you in those areas too. So again, God's still on the throne, all right? God will help you in these times. Well, we begin here in our tithes and offerings here in uh, Genesis 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter, summer, and day and night, they shall not cease. Now, as far as I can tell, the earth is still here. We're still here, aren't we? And cold and heat. Last Wednesday was really cold. Today was beautiful. Uh, we're still until end of winter, but summer's going to come. Um, I promise you tomorrow morning, it'll be be daylight and night. So the analogy he gives us in all of this is to help us even the area with seed time and harvest. And so when you, you talk about seed time and harvest, this is a principle that God put into motion way, way back here in the beginning of time, and it still continues to this day. So when you see seed time and harvest, the only way you get harvest is you got to have seed in the ground, okay? We, we understand that, whether we're a farmer or a gardener or whatever. And so I like to, to say it this way. I've got to always have seed in the ground all the time. Because as long as I always have seed in the ground, I'm always going to have a harvest. But if, if you don't have seed in the ground, you cannot expect there to be a harvest. Now, the New Testament reference on that is Galatians 6 7, and the Lord said, Do not be deceived. Don't kid yourself. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. And so I got to get, get a hold of these, these principles here that he talks about because God's word, see, it's still in existence. So, how am I doing? All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We, we thank you, Lord, for your word again tonight. And Father God, as seed goes in the ground again, Lord, you promised to harvest with it. And Lord, only each one of us individually, we determine the, the harvest that we get because of the seeds we desire to plant. And so, Lord, we pray your blessing on everyone here tonight that you would grace us in this area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just real briefly again, the Men of Iron's coming real quick. You gotta, you gotta get registered for that. Uh, if you want to bless again, we we love to give children candy there at Easter. It's not what Easter's about, okay? It's not about bunny rabbits and eggs and ham. It's not about that, okay? But again, we want to bless children. So if you think about that, do that. All right. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of of Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two is we'll begin tonight. And you know, we've been talking about counterfeits, idolatry, and idols and those things. And what idolatry tries to do, it tries to blind us to the truth. And we get to areas in our life where we think God God condones our behaviors. We have the thought that He proves of our lifestyles. But any time that I disobey what God says, in reality, I'm, I'm in opposition to God. And so again, we're going to jump in this here to more tonight on this area of idols. We're going to 2 Peter 2. So I, I was studying today, and this is one of the scriptures that I, I really want to get in your heart today. And so there's been times in my life where um, I, I needed some real, real help from the Lord. I mean, some real, real help from the Lord. Anybody really need help from the Lord? So I began to dig into the Word of God, and I'd find out what God's Word says. And in, in Matthew 12, 34, the Lord Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth would speak. So the things that I get into my heart, they need to come out of my mouth. Remember Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The things that you come come out of your mouth are either life or death. So where I'm going with this, in the book of uh, Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord said to Joshua, he said, don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. You, you got to keep the word in your mouth. You got to get to word over and over and over and over and over and over. Speak the word, say the word. And then he said, "Then you'll meditate on it, and then be a doer of the word, and then you'll walk in prosperity and good success." So there's been areas in my life that, man, I was just struggling. I'd get stumped in these areas, and then I would find scripture. And so I'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures that really, really, man, became a rock in my life. But not only a rock of my life, I begin to speak them out of my mouth. The first one is Colossians 1:13. It says, "He has delivered me out of the power of darkness." He is the Lord Jesus, and he has. He has delivered me out of the power of darkness. So in that area of my life of darkness at that time, I I had issues with alcohol real strong. That was a dark area of my life. So, man, day by day by day by day, I don't know how many times a day I would say, "Woo! I thank you, Lord Jesus, you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. I thank you, have delivered me out of the power of darkness. And when I first started saying that, it was just words. But before long, when I speak the word of God out of my mouth, that's the rhema, that's the spoken word. You want the word of God to come in your li- alive in your life? Start speaking it, and keep speaking it. And so I kept speaking that, and, and I remember the period of time before I, I was free from that it was almost four years. But man, I just stayed with it. And I started seeing victory. And it started getting less and less and less. And so I totally got set free. That, that, that's for some of you in here live streaming tonight. I, I double dog dare you to start doing that. And when, I, when we grew up, the block I grew up on, when someone said I double dog dare you, you know what that means? That's on. It's on. So I double dog dare you to get the word. These are affirmations. These are things that you must learn to affirm over yourself daily. Remember in Hebrews 4. The Bible says that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the, the word of God will work if I'll get it in my mouth and meditate on it. The second area of my life that I I really, really got stumped and I got struggled in this area was in the area of my sleep. My mom and dad are here. Man, when I was a little guy, I walked everywhere, sleepwalked. I mean, all over the place. And, And you have this thought, you know, the older you get, you're just gonna outgrow that. Well, guess what? I didn't. I get married and I'm a sleepwalker. And my wife is freaking because of some of the things I could do. I mean, I'd get outside. I'd stroll the neighborhood in my sleep. I I scaled down an apartment building. We were on the second floor. I went right down it in my sleep. How do you know all that? Because I woke up and I was down on the first floor and I couldn't get back in. I was locked out. So at 2 in the morning, I'm standing out there ringing the doorbell. I don't want to gross you out or freak you out. I'm standing there, and my whitey tight is ringing the doorbell. <laughs> Shelley opens the door and looks at me, and I was like, "Hello, here's Johnny." <laughs> so it gets just bizarre. I mean, I can tell you story. I, I mean, I could be here all night telling you story after story after story. of This, so I begin to think, you know what? God's the God who created us to sleep. So what does God have to say about that in his word? Well, if, if you have issues with sleep or you got children with your sleep, get your pen out, Psalms 127.2, Psalms 4 and 8, Proverbs 3.24. Every one of those speak about our sleep. So man, I started praying those. And to this day, when I get in bed at night, I say, I thank you, Father God. I ask you to grace me with sweet and peaceful sleep. You said you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So I just started speaking that. I started affirming that over my life. My wife will say right now, she'll tell you, he can fall asleep in 30 seconds. If I get still, man, I'm out. The word of God will work. The word of God will work. Stay with the word. Quit having that microwave mentality. If it doesn't happen in 13 seconds, I'm out. Stay with it. Stay with it. Now, this is the third one. And I want you to see just one verse in here. 2 Peter 2, verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Ooh, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly out of temptation. The Passion Translation says to continually rescue the godly. Now, if you've been bombarded with some forms of temptation, and none of us in here are exempt from temptation, but you've had difficulties in areas of temptation, start praying this. Start inviting God into your life and say, Father God, I, I welcome you today. You said that you would deliver me or rescue me out of temptation. So what would happen if we begin to invite God into our life in this area? I've stood on this one. And I've stood on this one and I keep standing on this. When I start getting bombarded by temptations, I go to this. Do you know in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, we pray stuff like this and we don't even know we're praying it. You know what it says in the Lord's Prayer? Father God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. But a lot of times when we say the Lord's Prayer, man, we'll just move, we'll say, woo, my Father which art in heaven, how will be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here on earth it is in heaven. Give me this day, my daily bread forgive me my trespasses, I forgive those who trespass against me. Leave me not in temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. for thou is the kingdom glory and the power forever. Amen. Woo, we got it done. But we skim over it so fast, we don't even realize what we're saying. And so what would happen if I begin to slow down? I said, Father God, today I ask you, lead me not into temptation, but I welcome you to deliver me from the evil one. So all I'm doing is saying, I gotta include God in my day. I gotta include God in in my morning. I gotta include in the areas of my life. If you're struggling in areas, get in the word and God will get in you. Well, have a good night. See you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go with me to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. I, I personally believe this right now. There's an, epi- uh, an epidemic of ignored truth in the church today. We just, we just don't, we don't hang on to the truth. We don't just stay with it. Get in the word. Find scripture. This becomes your blueprint for life right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, this will help some of you. I'm going to be in this chapter the rest of the night. And we are going to break this down. And you watch how God's going to speak to our hearts here. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, fellow believers, I do not want you to be unaware. I do not want you to forget that all our fathers... Our ancestors in the wilderness were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, what you're gonna begin to see is he uses the word all over and over and it is in reference to the Israelites when they escaped the bondage in Egypt. Now, remember that they had been in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years and he leads them out. But he says here to us, he says, I I don't want you to forget this here. And so what this happens here is a learning lesson for for spiritual maturity and also to help us to to live a disciplined life because what I find in our lives, if we don't live self-controlled, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to bring self-control and discipline in us, we drift. The things of God start fading out. And it's like they just keep getting farther and farther away from me. How many have ever drifted and you're like, oh my gosh, i got to get back in the things of God. This is what he's talking about here. So again, you're going to see the word all. And the reason I want to highlight this is because all of them, every one of them that came out of Egypt, they all had the same opportunities. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So just as we're united in Christ by baptism, they were uh, united to God because they were God's children. And remember the significance of water baptism. Man, he split the Red Sea and they went right through it. Verse three. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. Now listen to this. And that rock was Christ. So Christ has always been the central to redemptive history. Everything has always pointed back to Jesus. And even it did right there. And so when I begin to look at his. They were all water baptized. They ate the same spiritual food and they drank the same spiritual drink. Everything points to Jesus. That that is the Lord's Supper. That is the communion. Now, for every one of us, we all have the same opportunities. Every one of us in here have the opportunity to be born again. Every one of us have the opportunity to get water baptized. Every one of us have the opportunity to partake of the communion elements. So what the Lord's teaching us here is don't, don't live by excuses. Verse number five. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Now, when I saw that right there, I thought, why wasn't God well pleased? For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now, these things become our examples. These things become warnings to us to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, craved, self-indulgent, and they craved worthless and evil things. And it's interesting, he says, let them become your example or learn from them. Don't lust after evil things. 1 John 2, 15, 16 says, All that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Now he warns us here. So you know what I believe the Lord's telling us? These things of lust are gonna come after you. We're not exempt from it, okay? But let this be the example. Verse seven. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. Do not become idolaters. Now, this is a warning right here. Don't don't worship idols. Don't flirt with idolatry. So, when I read this right here, you know what jumped out at me? If he is warning us right here, do not become idolaters as some of them were. You know what that tells me? Idolatry is still around right now. It just looks a little different. And remember our definition of an idol is anything or anyone that we look to replace what only God can do. Now, when you see this here, do not become idolaters or some of them. As I'm looking at that, I thought, Well, let's let the Bible define some of the idolatry that he's talking about right here. So keep reading, verse seven. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and they rose up to play. Now, is there anything wrong with eating, drinking and rising up? No. Until those things start becoming God. God. And so the Lord Jesus, he, he said in Matthew 24, his exact words, he said, as the second coming of Jesus, it will look like it was in Noah's days. And he said, it will be marked by eating, drinking, and marrying. Now, when you read those things, the marrying and the playing was literally to party. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the eating. Well, every one of us, We've gotta eat to live. But the problem becomes when I start living to eat. Have you ever seen so much in our time that we live anything so much as the commercials on TV? Watch how many of them are about food. It amazes me in Lubbock, Texas. You drive down Milwaukee and every day there's a new restaurant. And you know what? One of our highlights is, man, I can look at Ernest and say, have you ever had such and such in that place? It's to die for. It's, It's angel food. And so is there anything wrong with food? No, until it starts becoming my God. And one of the keys to every bit of what that he's talking about here is this. Do I give God thanks? Do I say, thank you, Father God, that I have food on the... Thank you for this. The second he says, and is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink. So is it wrong for me to have something to drink? No. Until it starts becoming my God, until it's what I live for. And so I'm thinking off of this thing called drink right here. And Man, 50 years ago, if someone would have told me bottled water would be a billion dollar industry. You know what the bottled water was when I grew up? It was called the garden hose. How many of you ever drank out of a garden hose? When you drink out of a garden, you never forget that taste. Bottle of water, I mean, let look. But I begin to think about the word drink there and I look in our society right now. How coffee has become such a God in certain... Man, I, I, I can't get up and go. I can't get going in the morning until I've had a couple cups. My, my day's a wreck. If I, has anyone ever said that? My day's no good if I don't have, you know... And we look at Starbucks, which I call four bucks, which now it's not four bucks, it's eight bucks. And then Dutch Brothers, all these places come out. And so you pull up, man, you got to have a, a doctor's degree to figure out the, the menu. Espresso, latte, caramel macchi, what? Thank you. That's speaking in tongues, caramel macchiato. So... I think about all the soft drinks. I mean, you go from Coca-Cola's commercials to Pepsi, to Dr. Pepper, to Mountain Dew. Why? Because we're people that crave thanks. And then he ends up and he says, now remember, do not become idolaters where some of them is written. And then he says, they rose up to play. Literally, they, they partied. They got out of control. We, we live in these times right now. That has become some people's God is the party. Now, when I read these three, do any of these describe me and say, yep, yep? And that's, that's an idol to me. But the way that I stay right with God on that is, is I partake with uh, thanks and I give God glory and honor. I'm just thank you, Father God. Thank you. Now, I want you to keep reading here with me because Paul is going to go into depth in the areas of things that he lists as idolatry right here. Verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Do not become idolaters as some of them. And so he's listing, eating, and drinking, and partying but now he gets over on to sexual immorality. And I mean the church gets quiet when we talk about this. But I go back and I look and, and I said earlier, idolatry blinds us to the truth. And so for me to stay away from my daughter, I got to live in the perimeters of the word of God. And so God said in Genesis 2, 24, he said, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, a man shall leave his father and mother, and that man will cleave unto his wife and they shall become one. So right there, God instituted the marriage covenant and God said, I bless that right there. You know how I know God blesses? In Hebrews 13 4, God said, The marriage bed is undefiled. Now let me circle something. The marriage bed is undefiled. He didn't say the bed is undefiled, He said, The marriage bed. Get married. It's a pretty easy fix. God created us to be sexual. You shouldn't talk about that in, in church. Well, where are we going to talk about it? You want Dr. Phil to educate you on it? We might as well let the church do it. Well, pastor, you know, everybody's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. Well, let me ask you something. It's not that big of a deal unless you're one of the 23,000 that died that day. Uh-oh, What would happen here? We talk about sexual immorality and people just start falling over dead. We'd say, well, that's pretty clear what happened there. (laughs) Keep reading, keep reading. Let the Bible teach us. Nor let us tempt Christ or try Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by him. So what he's talking about here is, is they tested him, but literally they provoked him. They spoke out against the Lord with frequent murmuring. Yak, 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 yak. God never does this for me. God didn't do that. Now it's interesting that this falls in the category of idolatry. He goes on to say in verse 10, Nor complain as some of them also complain, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. And so when I see the complaining, it's grumbling, it's discontentment. And so we shift from what we have to what we don't have. Any of you been complaining? Yeah, murmuring? I do. I said, Lord, I gotta quit that stuff. Belly ache because it's cold. (laughs) Sometimes God wants to look at me and say, shut up. So when I read verses 8, 9, and 10 in those, I have to ask myself, what occupies my attention? What, what in my life right now competes for my attention? Hmm. Where do I spend my time at? Verse 11, now watch this. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition or our instruction upon the whoms of the ends of the ages have come. So he's telling us, remember this. Remember their error. Don't, don't act like it can't happen to you. And in verse 12, he says, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Don't, don't become naive, don't think you're exempt, don't think you're so prideful and arrogant, I won't fall. Verse 13, no temptation is overtaking you except such as common to man. Now, when you read what he's saying here, no temptation is over except what's common to man. What's common to man? So he's telling us here, we all experience the same temptations to a degree and they're no different from what other people are going through and some people will say, oh yeah, they are, yeah they are. No one goes through the hardest things I'm going through. No one's ever been through the things I'm going through. Well, you're not that special. I mean, when I read what he said right here, no temptation is over you except such as common to man. But watch this, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or endure it. So part of this goes back to what I shared with you in 2 Peter 2, 9. God will rescue the godly out of temptation. That's his grace. When you get in so deep, you begin to say, oh, Father God, I need help today. Grace me in this area. Grace me, Father God. Verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. That verse is cross referenced to 2 Corinthians 6 17, says, which says, Come out from among them, be separate, don't act like the world. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. He said, don't flirt with it. He said, flee from it. Power, prestige, pleasure. Hmm. Verse 19. I'm skipping real quick. What am I saying then? Question mark. That an idol is anything. Huh. An idol is anything that takes the place of God. Or what is offered to idols is anything. So, you know what we offer to idols? Our money, our time. And even our heart. So let me ask you something. Where's your money going? Where do you spend the majority of your time? Where's my heart at? Verse 20. Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice. That's the ungodly. They sacrifice to demons and not to God. Now listen, listen. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Woohoo! And you know what he's pl- implying here? I don't want you to participate with demons. Now, the idol itself, behind the idol, is a non-entity. But can I tell you something? The devil's real. He's real. So guess what? This reveals something to me that when we start messing around with idols, the devil's behind it. And you know why he's behind it? He doesn't want you serving God. Verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. So you know what he's saying? live two different lives. You can't have it both ways. You can't go to the banquet with the master one day and the slum with demons next. And I think that's what time we do. We, we get over and think, well, I, I, I can give a little bit of God here, but the rest of the time of my life, I'm gonna give it here. Now watch what he says there in verse, in verse 22. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? And so what you see here when he says do we provoke the Lord to jealousy... This this activity that we don't give God our full heart is, is a confrontation with God. And the sacrifice to demons is not to God. And so, because of that, that's what provokes God to jealousy. God doesn't want to share you. God says, I, I want all of you, I want your whole heart. So if you've been here for a lot of this series, I, I've shared this, this little little story I heard. And I'm gonna share it again because it's so powerful. So there's a, as a man from America, he travels to India. His first day in India, he watches firsthand this woman take a chicken and sacrifice it at an altar. Take the blood. And he was appalled. He's seeing, he's seeing a sacrifice to an idol right there. He sees the same lady the next day and he begins to talk to her and he realizes she understands English. And she tells him, I've been to America and he said, where'd you go? And she said, New York City. And he said, you like it? And she said, no, I hated it. And he said, what did you hate about it? And she said, I've never seen idolatry as bad as I did in America. He's scratching his head thinking, you just sacrificed a chicken. So he said, why do you say that? And she said, well, a couple of things I really noticed about Americans. She said, they serve the idol of food. She said, I, I've never seen people so engulfed with food. She said, I would see them wait an hour in a line to go into a restaurant. The next thing she said is, And in their house, they have TVs everywhere. In the room where their family meets, they put the TV in the center place. And she said, it shocked me. They have TVs in their bedrooms. Some of them have TVs in their bathrooms. The God's a TV. I don't have one in my bathroom, okay? Okay. But she said, the worst thing is their cell phones. She said, I would see people freak out when they lost their cell phones. See, idols, they're just defined a little bit differently. But when I listen to everything she says, I have the thought, Wow, could this whole chapter of what Paul's talking about, as he said, don't become idolaters. Don't, 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 don't do it. So how do I not do that? I don't let food dominate me. I don't let my... You know how you can get rid of uh, or take care of the cell phone issue? Just don't take it with you for a day. Some of you are freaking out right there. (laughs) Gotcha. TV. I mean, there's ones. We will not miss that show. If I do miss it, I'm going to record it. I I can't miss that. Why don't you stand up? I'm going to really get in trouble. You guys have got quiet here on me. So again, we get over on this. And I, I'm still not done. Man, every week I think I'm done. The Lord just, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? And the Lord said, I, I want all your heart. I don't want pieces of your heart. I want all your heart. I want you to enjoy life. I just don't want the things I've blessed you with to become God. Why you bow your head? Father God, we love you tonight. And Lord, just through your word here, if there's, There's anything within the word tonight that pierced my heart, that stuck my heart, that stabbed my heart, as the apostle Paul would say. Father God, I I ask you to grace us in this area, whether it's food, drink, partying, the tempting, the sexual sins, the complaint, the list goes on and on and on. And Lord, if, if we've replaced you with any of those things, we repent of it right now. And Father God, I, I ask right now that you would grace us, that we would be people that are so thankful, that we honor you, we glorify you. But also, Father God, right now, and if this is you, I welcome you to raise your hands to heaven right now. Lord, you said in 2 Peter 2, 9, that our God would help the godly. He would rescue us from temptation. And so, Lord, water of the things that have tried to dominate us? We welcome your help tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.